me. Thug misses and I'm back again. It's the queen, motherfucker, I'm out of jail again. Oh, woo, woo. It's the queen made bond again. Got the roll, shoot the lady, motherfuckers again. Oh, woo, woo. Yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode five, or maybe this will feel like episode one of the Libra Green Show. I'm finally back after, what, a month, over a month of a brief hiatus. I had to take some time. Honestly, I just was busy. I was at work. The day I usually have designated to do the podcast, I was working, so... That was getting in the way, and then I was going through, and I mean, still am going through, you know, quite a bit, obviously, with my ongoing battle of my self-described, self-diagnosed depression, but definitely going to get into that a little bit later, but I'm here, you know, I'm finally back doing my wonderful and fun podcast. Again, thank you to all my lovely friends who have listened to the first four episodes that I did. I greatly appreciate you. And again, with the iTunes thing, I'm not sure if you listening to this now, you'll be listening to it on iTunes or not. But if not this one, then I promise the next one. I promise. I don't know if that's easier for y'all or not. But, you know, again, it, it will be there. But um, I had quite a few things I wanted to discuss, I guess. And the most important thing I think that I discuss is probably um, some things that I kept to myself. I did not tell anybody what happened this day. And it wasn't anything big. I didn't actually do anything i just i just had some really traumatic thoughts that day um so october 19th was the day i wanted to kill myself that was probably the first time as an adult that i've had that thought i've had suicidal thoughts as a teenager as you know uh, a preteen but that was the first time and as an adult and it was just not a great feeling at all especially with me being at work I was at work that day it was actually the day before my mother's birthday um I believe that was a Thursday I just remember being at work and I was just growing increasingly miserable and sad, and it was just, it was getting worse, and worse, and worse, and I found myself, like, beginning to cry at work, and, like, I had to, you know, thankfully, people would walk up and stuff, so I would be forced to, like, retreat, and it would just, you know, kind of dissipate and disappear and go away, but I felt that, like, it may not seem like a big deal to some, because I did not actually act or do anything, but... That's because I was at work. Who's to say I would not have actually acted? I, the thing about it is with, with my version of depression, I've always 
thought about it, not necessarily thought about doing it, but thought about it, what would happen, what would happen if I was to take my own life, what would happen if I was to leave, if I was gone, things like that. But that was the first time in a very long time where I had actively considered doing it. I, I wanted to, I wanted to end it. And that's, and it's, it's so important to me that I share that because that's what depression is like for me, for some people. It just washes over you out of nowhere. And that's, it. and I was fine after however much time or whatever. I felt okay by the end of that day. And I think the most upsetting part about it is when it does kind of, ease up off you for that moment or for however long it does, you almost feel stupid for feeling that way in the first place. You're like, damn, I, I'm good, whatever. I'm all right. I'm mad I even felt like that earlier. Either that or, as as odd as it may sound, you almost long for the feeling to return. That may be strange, but as I've talked about before, sometimes you you long for those feelings because you've gotten so accustomed to them. So it's like... It's almost like an addiction. You, you you want them back almost because you've gotten used to them, which is, I think, why we do things like medicate ourselves with with these vices like alcohol and drugs or specifically for me, music. I listen to sad music. Like all for the last two weeks, I've been fucking listening to Adele. Damn near crying my eyes out. But that was a day for me. And I, I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to share it. I didn't I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my best friend. I didn't tell my other best friend. I didn't tell, I didn't share that shit with anybody. I just didn't. I didn't first of all I didn't know what to say because again, like I said, after things are over you feel stupid. I kind of felt stupid for feeling that way. But I realized that it was important for me to share that not only with them but with anybody who's listening because it can happen to anybody. And obviously I'm a huge advocate for mental health in the black community, mental health in general, but you know, mental health in the black community, especially because we are just a damaged people. We're a beautiful people, but we just the things we've been subjected to as a beautiful, wonderful race of people, we, it's, it's going to be a long time before we can ever recover for sure, if we can ever recover. So that's why it's important for me to talk about shit like this and to make sure we get these conversations going. You know, it doesn't matter how many people hear this or how many people listen to it, because if one person hears it and it creates a thought that'll create dialogue and you know, create a conversation that one person can share with somebody else. Because I know at least one person, I know at least two people are going to hear this. I can guarantee that. And so maybe those two people will start to talk to two other people. Or even me doing this, I'll feel more liberated and I'll start to talk to my other friends about it. And, you know, it's that, that whole, that whole you are not alone narrative. It gets to be so cliche, but it's real. You're not alone. And none of us want each other to feel alone. I don't want anybody listening to feel alone going through this. And 
I don't want anybody you know to feel alone going through this. So I just thought it was very important that I shared that with you all. So thank you for allowing me to share that. And I'm going to step away and take a break for a brief moment. And I will be right back with you. Alrighty, moving on. I have come to a few realizations lately with my social media. Within the last year, with my appearance, I've... I used to think I was ugly. You know, people, especially my boyfriend at the time, would always tell me how beautiful I was. And I could tell he genuinely meant it. Yes, that's stuff a boyfriend says, but he just genuinely will really just be like in awe. He would look at pictures of me and he'd be like, oh my God, you were just so beautiful. My God, you're this and that. And you're so cute. You're so beautiful. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I would just be like, stop. Oh my God. Of course, it makes you feel good, but I didn't feel that. I didn't feel beautiful. And that didn't happen until earlier this year. I just started to look at myself. I think it was sometime after I got my hair cut, honestly. <laughs> I started to feel like I was attractive. But I feel personally that I am good looking and I am attractive and cute. But I don't feel... Y'all gonna pretend y'all didn't hear that. I don't feel like I'm fine. There's like a whole difference between cute people and fine people and I'm noticing that I don't I don't necessarily say I get treated a certain way because I'm not that idea of fineness but and it, I, it could be within the way I carry myself because I'm more like a clown you know I'm, I'm so much of a friend to people I'm, I'm a comedian I'm the fun person and all that stuff maybe it's because I don't have this you know, I'm not a shirtless, you know, like, first of all, I ain't got the body for that. And I don't know if I ever will at this rate. But I just, I feel like there's a certain treatment that comes with people who look like me. Like, you're cute, but you, you're not, like, fine. You're not, like, I don't know why I feel like I'm struggling for the words here. But I, th- I think, I think I've gotten the point across what I'm trying to say here. But I feel like people m- tend to miss out on me as a person because I don't draw them in with my looks, which is fine because there are plenty of people who don't miss out. But I feel as though there is a, a lot you're missing out on because, like I said, I'm, I'm a funny person. I'm smart. I have lots to offer in a in not even a relationship but a friendship. Like, I noticed how, like, I, I remember tweeting the other day. I said, all fine people do is is acknowledge each other. And it's so funny because it's so true. Like all these little Instagram crushes I've had or people or shallow follows and we, we've all called them people I follow specifically I mean, with Instagram is different. Cause it's not like you're following people for personality on Instagram usually, but like you see, I, you see their names under the pictures. All they do is like each other's pictures. And I think that's hilarious. And there are some that have actually followed me back and I like comment on a picture or something or I'll like it or, you know, give like a funny little anecdote and it gets ignored. And I'll just be like, huh, 
damn, they never respond to anything I say, but respond to everybody else around them. And if this was me like a year ago, it would play a lot more into my insecurities and to my self-esteem and stuff because I used to feel like, again, the stuff like that was an attack on me and I would just feel ugly and I'm like, oh my God, they don't respond because I'm ugly and all this stuff. But, you know, part of part of accepting yourself is like accepting that you are not everybody's type and that's okay because that's less time wasted to be honest. Because let's be real, we all know that a nigga could be attracted to you and he's still gonna be ain't shit to you and that's just less of my time being wasted, you know. That's more time that I have to write songs about how much I hate niggas. So that's wonderful. But seriously, like I, I just that's just something I've noticed. And people, uh, they they miss out on it, and that's all right. That's quite all right. It just and it happens on Twitter too. Like I'll reply to a tweet with something funny, or you know what? Even more importantly, I'll tweet something that's like, I, I look. I know when I tweet gold. Okay. And I tweet it often. I tweet gold. And it doesn't take off. But I see somebody else. Somebody will steal my tweet. Or they'll tweet the exact same thing. And because they fine, it'll take off. And I'll be like, nah, no, I, I tweeted the same damn thing. But, you know, it's all, all, all fair and love and war, I guess. Love and war, maybe. I guess that applies here. But that's all good. Because I'm going to be beautiful. And I think that's important to remember that I am beautiful. No matter what they say. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm going to take another brief break and I will be right back with you. Now I'm seeing that you're kind of lame Knowing how the situation changed Hey, beautiful people, I have returned from my break and I wanted to get a little bit into the idea of cheating on your significant other and more specifically being an enabler of somebody who is cheating. I had to discuss this because I caught myself being an enabler. Now, we know that it's pretty much no secret what happened. Well, actually, it's it's still halfway or partially secret what happened in my last relationship. We won't get into that, but we know there was some things that should not have been done. Specifically, I mean, on on we're gonna talk about me because this is my show. Some things that should not have been done on my end. So I'm never one to. The thing about me, period, is I never have judgment for people, like, ever. I can be the most understanding person. Unless you like Trump or a Trump supporter or something, I usually have no judgment. But I really listen to everything, and there's, like, to me, there's logic in everything. And typically, there's a quote-unquote reason for everything, and I listen, and I rationalize, and shit like that. So, you know. I definitely am not somebody who is on a high horse about things at all. But 
as far as enabling goes, now I caught myself being an enabler because I have a coworker who I've gotten really cool with, and she has um, she's in a in a situationship. You know, like so many people, I th- I would I guess I would say they're in a relationship. She's in a relationship. Um, she's with her baby's father. They live together and all the stuff like that. You know, she like like many women. You know, or like many people in relationships, you come to work and you escape and you talk about your significant other. Sometimes you complain about them, you joke and laugh, and you know she's complained a little bit about them, whatever, whatever. But she has a crush at work and was talking about how. He was talking to her and he was talking to like another girl. And when I say talking to, I'm, I don't mean talking to like in the, 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 the millennial talking to term. I mean like literally talking to. He was like all up on some other girl like talking or whatever. And she was upset about it. And she was like, oh yeah, you know, when she left work, she, um, he wouldn't talk to me. And I was like, girl, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hyping up. I'm like, girl, what, what? He did that, girl. You know, that's crazy, all that shit. And after I walked away, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I'm being an enabler because I'm like, that ain't your man. That is not your fucking man. And I'm like, I'm encouraging a, a situation. And yes, it's probably harmless right now, but. I don't, I don't encourage nothing. So I'm like, I should just, I don't know if I should smile and nod next time. Or is that like silent encouragement? Because I'm not, definitely don't know if it's my place to be like, girl, leave that shit alone. I could say that. But she's also a grown woman. Hell, she older than me. But it just, it, it made me think to bring up the whole topic of enabling cheating. Like when you have friends who cheat, like friends who I'm not talking about your friend whose fiance has been, you know, like abusing her emotionally, it'll say, because I'm not trying to get that heavy. Maybe emotionally abusing her. I mean, not that emotional abuse isn't heavy. See, now it sounds like I'm trivializing. But anyway, your friend who has a fiance and their relationship has been rocky. And, you know, of course you encourage her to leave multiple times and she has not done that but she starts us up a situationship with somebody else i'm not talking about that kind of enabling i'm talking about enabling to people who are in perfectly fine nearly a1 relationships relationships you they rarely complain about anything like that like why like we we do that as as sometimes to our friends and it's funny I see people ask on Twitter all the time they be like you know if your friend is cheating do you tell them it's wrong and people be like it's none of my business and this that and the third and I understand that like again I have no judgment for people who wouldn't tell their best friend or their friend to kind of chill out on that but I think I have a different perspective on it because of the shit I went through in my relationship and the things I've witnessed and I've read from his friends, from not really my own friends, because my friends are perfect angels. No, I'm kidding. But like, I would say on my end, friends who didn't really know anything 
like friends who were really encouraged. They were it were some really pretty bad enablers, people who wanted me to just like wanted me to go all out and just like bust it open on the motherfucking counter at my job. Like I had people enabling that to that extent. But like I would read stuff from his friends and I just I I'm I'm trying to speak on it without negatively bashing anybody because that's not what I'm about. I don't really have again, I have no judgment, I have really nothing negative to say about them or the situation or anybody, but I just some of the stuff I was reading was like it was a lot. I just would be like, wow, how could you say that? And I think what made it so bad was that these was people I knew. It wasn't just like friends who didn't know me. These are people who actually actually knew me, who had actually been in our home and you know, I had hugged up on and loved up on and taken pictures with. And I just was like, how do, how could you say that? How could you, you encourage this, you know? You see how happy we are together. But, you know, you live and you learn and you grow. That's just for the sake of examples. I, that's not something I'm actually dwelling on. Hell, I'm dwelling on enough in this situation. That part is not even an issue. It's just an example. It's just important to me that. You know, maybe you do think about your friend who's cheating on their boyfriend. Maybe maybe tell them a little bit like, hey, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Because, you know, not only that, I feel like it's if it's if for, for anything, not for the sake of right or wrong, if for any reason, the karma, because at some point in my life, in the last two years or so, I think I started to doubt karma a little bit. And I wasn't sure if I truly believed. <laughs> karma was like, oh, I'm going to do that anyway because that's how I am. So, and karma definitely did that anyway because that's how she is. And I just, oh, I definitely, I definitely felt it. I got the karma. Karma got, karma bitch slapped my ass a couple times. And I kept, like, even when it was right there in front of my face, I kept denying it. Sometimes karma would get karma would come back like a fucking boomerang at a, a mile a minute. Sometimes it would come right back at me and smack me in the face, and I would still deny it. And it may maybe it's larger than karma. Maybe that's just the law, the way the universe worked, the laws of the universe. But ultimately, for the sake of not watching your friend bring his or herself down, him or herself down, sometimes it might be worth it to say a little something. And tap sis on the shoulder and be like, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if that's the best decision for you. I don't know. That is just uh, just something to consider, I definitely would say. But anyway, moving on to some other things. So I got up to go to work yesterday and... I have like, I don't know if it was, it's like in my hip or if it's groin muscle I pulled, but ultimately I'm injured and I already have a fucked up ankle right now, probably from some illegal shit I did a couple weeks ago, which we don't need to discuss, but, um, yeah, I have, I think, I think I pulled a groin muscle and I was very much annoyed with myself because 
as a matter of fact, it prompted me to tweet, there is nothing worse than injuring yourself during bad sex. And I recently had a situation that could be considered bad sex. In fact, it didn't even get to sex because the experience itself was less than stellar because <laughs> I'm not even going to say what happened, but just know it wasn't me. It definitely was not me. But um, yeah, I, I'm walking around and shit and I'm like, ow, this shit hurts. Like, and I'm, I woke up again today and this is yet another day and this shit still hurts. I'm upset with myself because I injured myself during bad sex. Like, just imagine like the, the, the things you go through to prepare yourself, especially as a gay man, to prepare yourself for sex. You shower. You do whatever form of emptying the tank that you do. For it to be bad. I'm going to start bringing a gun to every hookup because I'm going to have to pistol whip somebody next time. It's bad. I don't appreciate that. What a waste of my time. But I mean, <laughs> but, but I just, I, I like, I'm legit sitting here with an injury over some bad sex and I'm, I'm quite upset about it. And it's, first of all, it's cold outside. It's late. It was late at night. So I'm risking like getting the flu, showering at what, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock in the morning. Walking down the street, risking getting the flu, pneumonia, whatever, what have you. Thankfully, it wasn't as cold as it had been, but I want a refund. I think I'm going to send a bill and a refund because I probably will file a lawsuit because I just don't think that it's fair for me to have to have suffered and now have an injury. But I don't know if anybody has a story at all they would like to share feel free to uh you know tweet me that i doubt that any of you will but again if you would like to share a bad sex story bad injury sex anything like that i would uh i would definitely like to <laughs> hear that just to know because remember we had that talk about not being alone it would be nice to know <laughs> that i'm not alone in that particular boat Thank you. Gonna take another brief break. Probably go soak my leg for a second because it's injured. And I'll be right back. Am I too big? Am I too small? Am I too spring? Am I too far? Am I too happy? Am I too sad? Am I too dangerous? Am I too bad? Am I too risky? Am I too safe? Am I too early? Is it too late? No matter how many moves I make, I can't seem to win. No matter how many moves, I don't know where to begin. It seems like I can never find the song I want to sing. I don't know who came up with the idea that it's too early to play Christmas music. It's too early to start showing Christmas commercials. It's too early for Christmas trees and decorations. But I'm going to break my foot off in your ass. Because y'all motherfuckers getting on my fucking nerves with this shit, with this whole narrative 
talking about it's too early y'all went right past thanksgiving like who the fuck who who celebrates thanksgiving let me take a pause there i don't mean who celebrates thanksgiving by of course obviously people you go to your family's house you you cook up a bomb ass meal not that celebrating christmas is a season there is no thanksgiving season Ain't nobody fucking hanging turkeys outside on their fucking door. Nobody putting turkeys on the wall. Ain't no fucking Thanksgiving songs. Who got the best-selling Thanksgiving album? Don't worry, I'll wait. Pull up the Wikipedia page for me. Aretha Franklin, Happy Thanksgiving album, as opposed to Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas album? Is that a thing? No, the fuck it's not. So I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate the disrespect to Christmas. As far as I'm concerned, Christmas started back in fucking July. Okay? I've been playing Mariah since then. I don't give a fuck. Because you're not going to beat my ass. You're not going to beat Santa Claus's ass. And you're not going to beat Mariah Carey's ass. So how about it? All I want for Christmas is you. Is a staple. A yearly staple. An annual staple. And a song that lasts should be played year round. But I give y'all some leeway. Y'all don't usually start playing it till October. So I let y'all cook. Cause y'all late when you should be playing it in February. For black history. And then forward. But I'm gonna let you motherfuckers cook because you're trifling. Christmas is a motherfucking season, okay? And you know what? That just brought me to another thing. I am obviously a lamb, okay? I stand for Mariah Angela Carey. <laughs> Angela. People still think her middle name is Angela. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. I clearly am a lamb. The first person to tag me in any of those fucking videos where she didn't sound her best or feel her best that have happened over the last couple years, I promise you I am cursing you the fuck out before blocking you. I mean that. I don't care if it's my mama. Of course, I'm probably have to unblock her afterward. But my mama also wouldn't do that. Because she has sense in class. And it, it makes me angry because I'm like, why do y'all think I want to see that? Especially when I know there's 10 times better and not 10 times better as in she sounded 10 times better as in there has been 10 times since then she sounded better times 10 times 10. Like there's this girl I work with and you know when the Mariah tickets went on sale which by the way the Mariah show that happens supposed to happen next weekend that's postponed I think it's postponed anyway. Because of her upper respiratory infection, I was supposed to have tickets to that. And I ended up not being able to get tickets. And it's crazy that that happened. But, you know, the tickets went on sale. And I was ecstatic because I was going to buy my tickets. But some other shit came up. But, you know, I told her about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy my Mariah tickets this weekend. And she's like, Mariah who? And I literally stopped in my tracks. And I'm like, bitch, the fuck do you mean? Like, don't. I I already knew where, I fucking already knew where it was going. 
And she's like, Mariah who? And I'm like, Mariah fucking Carey. Like I said, the fucking queen of music and the queen of Christmas. I said, who the fuck do you think? And she's like, oh, like, oh, you would pay to see her 2017, maybe old Mariah and all this shit. When I tell you, I almost blacked out and like bashed her head into the computer. I'm glad I didn't because I probably would have gotten arrested and I don't need to get arrested. But I like almost wrapped her hair up in my hand and was like, bitch, Mariah, carry that bitch. But, you know, I'm trying to leave my violence in the past. So like I didn't do it, but I had to really, really like take a deep breath before I said anything to her. I was like. What do you, what do you, what do you mean, old Mariah? She was like, oh, I would give her to like 2004. Like, not only that, her years are off. Like, bitch, you tried to cut off the whole Emancipation of Mimi era. Like, have a fucking seat. And then not only that, after, like, because I stopped responding and I walked away to go do something else. Like, she tried to bring the conversation back up like a couple weeks later. And then she tried to bring it up around customers and stuff and like... They was a, one of them was like agreeing. I was like, don't listen to her. I was like, she has no idea what she's talking about. And then somebody's like, oh, uh, at least 2006. And I was like, oh. and at some point I decided to engage. And I was like, well, at least give her 2008. I was like, at least give her touch my body. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, see, blah, blah, but not current Mariah, not Maurice Mariah. And I'm like, that whole narrative again pisses me off because I'm like, how much do you motherfuckers even pay attention to her? Like, I see I had to pause for a minute because I had to gather my thoughts because I just, anyway, ultimately it's fucking stupid and I'm going to just start carrying around either, I'm going to either save one of those really good videos of her to my phone or I could just start carrying a set of brass knuckles and start punching bitches in the eye every time they, you know, anytime they mention anything negative about Mariah, I might, I would rather do that. Just be like, bop, you know, I think that's pretty pretty cool but anyway now that i've segued over into the music portion of the show oh there's a lot actually for me to talk about i might need to take a break to gather my thoughts because i've been listening to a lot lately give me just a moment and i'll be right back for y'all with some music notes so what so what 25 30 million with that fucking album i i feel like i owe adele money for that album because I just, it's just so good. Like, I just, yeah, this touched me so much. But, um, yes, Games by Demi Lovato. That has been, like, my theme for the last two to fucking three weeks. Like, that, that's going to have to be a single or something. Because, I mean, when I tell you Oak, Warren Oakfelder did that. He came and did what he had to do. And, you know, I watched her documentary and there's a part in the documentary where she was recording it in the studio. And I just love it. I just how personal. Actually, the album, her album was, was pretty personal from what I gathered. And um, the part in the documentary, she was talking about making a song and she was talking about like the dude she was talking to and talking about the games he was playing. And I just was like, yeah, this is, I just, I love music in general, but like it don't, doesn't have to be a story to go with a song, but I love when somebody talks about like how a song came to be or they talk about the story behind it and shit like that. Cause I enjoy telling people about the songs I write and telling them like how this happened or what I was thinking about and shit like that. So 
And then, um, oh, Wake Me Up, yes, Remy and Lil' Kim. So I liked it on the first listen. And I definitely like the beat and the sample. And on the very first line, Remy actually sounds like Kim. And that kind of fucked my head up for a minute. But a lot of people didn't like Kim on it at first. And I was impartial to it. I was like, eh. But you know, that song is is fire, actually. And like, I, I bop, and I, you know, do a little Kim part. Wake me up early when the morning comes. Like, it's my shit. Like, I, you know, I'm... I'm ready for it to come on when I go out. It won't because the only place I go to is a white gay bar. But, I mean, the first time I heard Brodak Yellow there, it was like a dance remix. But that's beside the point. But also, oh, I've been listening to uh, Kalila. I listened to the Kalila album. Kalila's album is phenomenal. But it's funny because her it's her new album. Well, her current album that I listened to. But... The song from her, I think it's her first EP, her first project, uh, it's called All The Way Down. And I think what drew me into the song in the first place was I saw Tanache had a writing credit. And basically what I read on it was the producer, I forget who produced it, but the producer basically, the song was Tanache's, was supposed to be on Aquarius, Tanache ended up not using it, and he played it for Kalila, and Kalila heard her chorus and wanted to use the melody of her chorus for the bridge she called up Tanisha Tanisha said sure of course why not so it came to you know like that so that was how I was drawn into the song but um yeah all the way down it's a bomb ass song it's a really good song and then oh yes um oh pull up and wreck of course big Sean and Metro Boomin and uh was it is it 21 Savage on that song I think so I got some east side niggas in the letter bank. Cause the west side niggas like to do the same thing. Pull up and wreck. Pull up. And that's a, I mean, Big Sean is just, oh, Big Sean is a Big Sean is somebody who consistently delivers. Like, when he's on, he's on. Like, and he's always on. Like, he's really like that nigga. He's not that nigga, but he's that nigga. And, like, I just, I just really fuck with Big Sean a lot. That's definitely one of my, he's actually one of my favorite rappers, even though I don't always listen to his albums. I don't listen to them on time. I eventually get around to it, but and um oh, what's that song? Uh The Way Life Goes, the remix with Nikki. Now, I have my feelings about Nikki, but or sometimes anyway. But uh she definitely skated on that verse. And this is probably the first Nikki verse in a long time that I've learned like all the words to because I play it so much. Now you begging, it's a doozy, but beggars cannot be choosy. Been the queen for eight summers. Just sounded, I just was, I, yeah, it's, she's actually skated on that shit. And I just, I'd really be bopping. And I uh, definitely commend her for that because it's lit. It's actually truly lit. And also, um, Queen Herbie. Yes, Queen Herbie. So if you're not familiar with Queen Herbie, Queen Herbie is actually the, um, solo project from Carmen. I don't remember if anybody remembers or first of all, I hate when people say that. Oh, do you remember? Like, shut the fuck up. Why would I forget? But Carmen, you know, the, uh, the duo, Amy and Nick, they were a couple, well, they are a couple. They, um, used to do, they did their YouTube covers. Most famously was, uh, look at me now and homegirl was rapping and she rapped Buster Rhymes part. And that's pretty much what made the cover take off. But like, and they did a million one covers and they got signed to Epic and they put out some pretty, excuse me, some pretty good pop singles. Um, Broken Hearted, Acapella, Hello. 
um, I Want It All. I Want It All should have been a huge hit. Esther wrote it. Um, I Want It All, it was, it kind of piggybacked off that Blurred Lines disco sound. So I think it came a little too late, but it was a really good song. But uh, the album, album was good. I really liked the album. It didn't do well at all. But, you know, they ended up leaving Epic. Then they put out a independent album. And I think they went on tour. But uh, Queen Herbie is actually her solo project. It, the formula is still the same, except you hear Nick, her, I don't know if they ended up getting married or not, but her man, even less. So he does like, I think he does like, uh, they still write and produce the songs together, but you just hear her. And the project is more R&B based. It's more urban. It's more aggressive. It's, it's you know, uh, she curses, of course. It's more vulgar. And it's profane, and it's not like, oh my God, she, it's just like raunchy, like a bangers type. She did Miley Cyrus bangers, but it's, it is more aggressive, but it's, it's really good. And, uh, you know, if you decide to listen to that, my favorite songs are Zombie and Wild. So definitely listen to that. Um, of course, Migos Motorsport is my shit, especially because Cardi's verse. <laughs> Everybody hates to <laughs> I get upset offline I, I like that line I get upset off Turn upset on Like I actually enjoy that line It makes me laugh But it's I don't know why I, I don't know what the fuck that means But I definitely enjoy that line Then uh Oh you know what I was in an Uber Or a Lyft recently And I was listening to the radio And It's Ty Dolla Sign song came on And I, I First of all I forgot that I hadn't listened to his album but the uh, song is X featuring YG, and it has um, a really prominent sample of 112's Only You. Bruh, that song is a fucking tune. Like, Ty Dolla Sign is just, like, really fucking talented. That nigga is, he got it. That He really fucking got it. Like, there's, he just really has a great ear, and he's ta- that's a talented nigga. And I just, I'm just a huge fan of his, like... Probably, maybe I should listen to a full project of his, huh? If I'm a fan. Probably should. But, yeah, man, like, that man is is really fucking dope. And it's, like, it always surprises me how dope he is. Like, then I think about the um, Hip Hop Honors performance where he did This Is How We Do It. Like, he he did that. Like, I, you, if somebody else was to get up there and sing that with the auto-tune, anybody other than, like, T-Pain, it would be like a fucking disaster. You'd be like, uh, why are they doing that? This is fucking stupid. Why would you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he did that. Like, he really fucking did that. And I was just really impressed. So that's somebody that really impresses me the same way T-Pain does. Speaking of T-Pain, I know he just dropped an album. And I have not heard anything about it. But this is his first album in like six, seven, eight years. So I definitely have to take a listen because that's my, that's my Libra brother. That's my boy. But, you know, that's that. So... Also, part of my music conversation, I wanted to talk about someone who is, I won't say was, who is near and dear to my heart, but who never got her propers and her just due. And that would be formerly of Rock Nation, Alexis Jordan. Well, actually, she was signed to Star Rock and Rock Nation and, you know, Star Rock. A lot of people don't even know Star Rock even existed because they didn't even do anything like Star Rock was, you know, the combination of Jay-Z and Stargate doing their little own label. And, um, you know, her, she had the hit song. What was the hit in the 
you know, in the UK and all those other countries. It was really big over there. But uh, Happiness, which was basically the same instrumental as Dead Mouse's Brazil second edit. But it was a really good song. And it just used to, it made me really happy. I mean, the song was called Happiness, but it makes you happy. And like, I remember the video was real cute. And she was like cutting a rug, doing a little choreography. And it's funny because I had actually been a fan of hers from the first season of America's Got Talent. I watched the first season of America's Got Talent because Brandy was a judge. And, you know, I pretty much watch anything Brandy does. And this was 2006. And I remember watching that first season, and, you know, and Brandy ended up leaving because, you know, after the car accident situation. And it's just funny because I think about how the show became such a phenomenon. Like, what if she would have stayed on the show? It's crazy. But um, Alexis, I remember Brandy had brought, like, Alexis back after she got sent home and stuff. And I just remember being a fan of Alexis. It's funny because if you look up some of those auditions, I think, I forget what Brandy said to her, but... <laughs> People was definitely dragging Brandy in the comments because something Brandy had said. They was like, oh, she's jealous. She can't sing like that. But looking back on that, yeah, Alexis was a little unpolished then. But she, uh, of course, she sounds a lot better as a controlled voice adult. But, you know, yeah, she was signed to Rock Nation. And first of all, I feel like this single never really was pushed in America. And... Uh, they released the album overseas. We never got it here, but you know that never. When when the fuck does that has that ever stopped? You know the American fan bases from getting music. Not never. So of course we um we as the Americans we downloaded the leak. And it was a good album. Like Stargate produced most of it. It was uh you know some dance, some some pop, some R and B. It was clearly like, you know, Rihanna and like, like everything, like everything in pop post 2009 was Rihanna influenced, but you know, that's neither here nor there, but, um, she's, she has such a great voice and she could dance her ass off and she was beautiful and she had like this confidence about her and it's unfortunate because she just was really, is really a talent and she ended up getting married to uh, this is named Luke Broadlick. He's like a a dancer, and they have like a kid, and then she just had another child, and um, you know she's pretty dedicated to the Lord, and I'm, of course that doesn't mean she's not she's gonna abandon like secular music because there's a lot of people in worldly secular music who still believe in the Lord and stuff like that. But it seemed as though like for a minute she was pretty much abandoning it. After she left Rock Nation. And I'm like, damn, Rock Nation just really be out here scarring people. Like, scarring people and sending them to church. Like, it's almost like there's a clause in the contract after. Like, there's no success for you after Rock Nation. You already be unsuccessful on Rock Nation. But it's like, in the contract, it's like, okay, after you leave, you can't do shit. Because she has not. Like, she's put one video out post-Rock Nation. And it was good. It was cute. And after that, that was... That was it. Oh, you know what? Yes, I forgot. They did try to start up a second era of hers with a song Sia wrote. And it was Jake and J. Cole was on it. But they they just they didn't try hard enough for her, man. I just, I don't understand. I never understood. The formula was there. And, you know, she does sort of remind me of Tanache. You know, she dances well, beautiful, nice voice. Of course, this is way different from Tanache because... Tinashe's artistry is a bit uh, different, but 
she really could have could have been something, you know. And uh, it always makes me sad when that happens, especially with Rock Nation, because it's like, why? Hell, does does Rock Nation have a worse track record than Bad Boy? Because at least Bad Boy artists get their shit out. Hell, you ain't heard none from Sherry Dennis in years, but you know I love you, don't you? I don't know. The band ain't make it past one album, but their first album is gold, now ain't it? Because it was released. Dream has a platinum album that came out. Mm-hmm. Rock Nation just might be worse. Look at Rita Ora. Rita Ora never even got an album out in the U.S. It was really good. What's really good? Not nothing over there, Rock Nation. I'm also acting like I wouldn't sign with them if they were to sign me. If they were to, like, send me a deal tomorrow. So, <laughs> go ahead, y'all cut the check. Print the contracts out. But yes, I love Alexis. And I do hope one day she does return to music. Stop having babies with this man. Tell him no. Tell him get off of you. I want music. I need no more cheerings. Just like, and it's like Jordan. I see Jordan. Jordan Sparks is, you know, married now and has a baby on the way. Got secretly married. Or, and I love her as well. She's somebody else who's very talented. Amazing voice. And her last album was independent, but it was, her last album was good. I really enjoyed her last album a lot. But, you know, it was independent, so I wasn't expecting it to really get on. But there's definitely a song on that album, um, Tell Him I Love Him. That could have been a song for her. Like, the urban adult contemporary crowd would have eaten that song up. And I only know this from when from my time in Memphis. I've seen the type of, I know the type of music they like. And I remember, so, story time. This is not really story time. Sorry, that was kind of anticlimactic of me. But when I used to work at a music store in Memphis, which, by the way, I just found out is closing. So that's pretty sad. Because Memphis don't have music stores like that. Like, not big. A lot of people would come to the store and would tell me, you know, y'all the only ones left. Tower Records closed, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they were owned by a bigger company, the same company that owns FYE anyway. So it was only a matter of time before they closed. It actually lasted a lot longer than I expected. But, um... Yeah, it's really sad because they have all these, they had all these amazing vinyl. Like that's where I started my vinyl collection, and they had a buying program where they bought back used vinyls and stuff. So I have a a lot of my like my Sade and actually I think my ex took the Sade record. That bastard. He took. I'm trying to remember what all he took, but anyway, they're at my sister's right now. But I have pretty extensive collection because of that store. You know, some things I used to buy and. Things I, I got some as gifts for my ex and stuff. So we 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 had a pretty amazing vinyl collection from them. But yeah, it's pretty sad that they're closing. But I know the type of, you know, song because we used to have a, the mix and burn system is where like you can go into the database, you put together a playlist of songs and it burns on a CD for you. And um, I would make some for the store. I was given that responsibility because I asked, could I make one one day? And, you know, it just was pretty, pretty successful from there. So I started making them every month. And um, and I definitely took mine with me when I left. Because I'm like, if y'all going to feel my absence, you're going to feel my absence. So I took every last one of those CDs with me. And I have them. 
I probably wasn't supposed to do that, but you know, whatever. They mine. The fuck. Anyway, um, I've made some, and I just I used to love making them so much. Especially, I would use it as an opportunity to promote my favorite artists. Like I definitely put Tanache on plenty of them. Um, you know, I would stick, but I see I would do what was popular, and then I would like throw in a couple old songs here and there. That'd be pretty dope. You know, some a lot of people would tell me like, oh, you know, if you if your career as a singer doesn't work out, first of all, the sentence is already wrong. Don't even say that. But you know, some people tell me I sh- you should be a DJ. But um, I made a CD and that song was on it, and I would put that CD in a lot of the time. And the whole system was on shuffle, so it would be one. It was like a five disc changer, so. That CD would be in there with a bunch of other ones. Uh, you know, the white managers will put in like a Billy Joel or something or fucking Pat Benatar, uh, Beatles or some shit. Some shit I ain't want to hear. If it wasn't Queen, I ain't want to hear it. Because, you know, as far as white rock bands, Queen and Red Hot Chili Peppers are my favorite. But that's beside the point. Um, so the song would come on and our people would every time I should you not, they'd be like, Who's, who sings that? Oh, what is this? I like this. What's that? I'd be like, oh, that's Jordan Sparks. And they'd be like, Jordan Sparks? That's Jordan Sparks. Or sometimes they would ask who she is. I'd be like, well, she won American Idol in, you know, 2005. 2005? Was that 2005? 2006? Any fucking way. It was a long time ago. But I'm like, yeah, she won American Idol years ago. Oh, oh, the little light-skinned girl. Yeah, that's her. So they would hear that song. They'd be like, oh, wow, I like that. Can you put that on the CD for me? So I would help them make the CD, but... And I remember one lady was like, oh, she's singing about Jason Derulo. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. But anyway, that's beside the point. But the song, yeah, the song was a really good ass song. If The funny part is it sounded like R. Kelly wrote and produced it, but he didn't. Thankfully, you know, we're not. I'm actually going to have a conversation. I don't even know if I want to have the R. Kelly conversation on this show, like ever. I don't think I do. Maybe I'll talk about some of the, no, I won't. Nope. Nope, don't even want to do that. I was going to say, I'll talk about some of the songs that he's written and produced for other people that I love, like Black's 808 and Britney's Outrageous. We're not going to have that conversation either because I just might ruin those songs for you. Anyway, it sounded like he had wrote and produced it, but it was like produced by the underdogs, legendary underdogs, but it was, uh, it just never happened. And it's funny because I remember other people were tweeting her about it and she was like, oh yeah, we're going to try to make it happen, but it never happened, unfortunately for her. So... She's married and happy and pregnant, so that's awesome. She's getting her club shot up while I'm not. So, you know, I'm jealous. And, you know, she's married and I'm not. So, again, I'm double jealous. And, you know, I love Jordan more power and respect to her because she got rid of that fuck nigga Jason Derulo. I will never forget that shit she said on The Breakfast Club where she was talking about how she was taking care of him, washing his back with his broke ass neck. And he bought a car that wasn't even, gave her a car that wasn't even paid for. Like she was spilling all his tea. That's what I love about her. Cause she's such like a nice, good girl, but she's a fucking Sagittarius. So if you know anything about Sagittarius women, Sagittarius women be bitches on the low. Think about it. Brittany, Christina, Raven. Christina Sagittarius, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Brittany, Christina, Raven. They're all bitches on the low. So... She's a bitch on the low, and I'm here for it. Hell, is Jordan even a Sagittarius? I'm up here talking shit. Let me fact check myself, because that would be hilarious if I look up her name and she's like a fucking cancer. 
I think she still falls in Sagittarius. But yeah, anyway, that's beside the point. But yeah, she got rid of his trifling ass. So I love Jordan. And to go back to Alexis, I love Alexis. I do wish for them to have more blessings in their life. I do. But anyway, I need to take another break and I'll be right back with some closing remarks. I'm back. I just want to say that I want to have an honest moment. For the last two or three weeks, I haven't been having the easiest time dealing with life as a whole. You know, I and it seems like I have been. I think that's just because I do capitalize on the moments when I'm okay and I'm happy. I sporadically tweet, um, I make jokes with people, I hug and I kiss and I, well, I don't want to kiss nobody, but I give hugs and damn, I, I don't feel like I've really given a hug in a while, actually. It's been almost a week. But anyway, you know, I hug my friends and my loved ones and I tell people I love them, I check on them. But it has not been an easy time for me, specifically in the last, hell, I would say the last month. And I'm trying. So if you you know me, and we're friends, or we're family, I just want you to know I'm trying. And just remember that I'm doing the best that I can. And it's not always easy. It's never really easy for me. And there are times where in my own brand or version of depression where I don't want to be me. And it hurts to not want to be yourself. You want to just kind of, sometimes I literally want to peel my skin off to reveal another person not even my skin just like my flesh I just sometimes I don't even want to be in this body I want nothing to do with with Charles sometimes I just want to get away it's almost it almost reminds me of when um on the episode of Spongebob where they were (laughs) wearing Sandy's like fur want to come out of my fur and just not be me sometimes and that's not a a great feeling to have it's not but ultimately if you feel the way I feel or you feel similar or you feel your even your your own way because everybody's Emotions are different. Everybody's brands, everybody's styles and dealings of these emotions are different. If you feel like I feel or similarly or different, just know that 
I don't, I, and the sad part is I would like to offer better things and say it gets better because it can and it may not. The one thing I would just offer, I would say is to do, do something for yourself. That will probably be the the most realistic advice I can I can give. Take the time for yourself. Don't be afraid to shut the world off. Cause I have that bad sometimes where I feel the way I do, but I can't shut everything off because I know I have things to do. I know I have to be the glue. I gotta be a glue for people. I gotta be a I gotta be a rock, you know? I gotta be a friend. I can't ignore everybody. I don't like to sound needy. I hate telling people how I feel sometimes because I sound like a fucking, especially at this point, I sound like a broken record. I tell one of my, one of my friends this all the time. I say, I don't even want to talk about it because I sound like a broken record. It's pointless. Sometimes I don't, I just genuinely don't want to discuss it because... I'm repeating myself. I'm repeating the same emotions that have not gotten better. So I just recently learned to take time to myself sometimes. To put on my favorite show or buy some ice cream or play my favorite song or to write another song or play my favorite movie. Go for a walk. Haven't done those in a long time. I used to go on walks at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Went on like two of those recently and it was refreshing. All this to say It's okay. I had to struggle for a minute because I didn't know what I was trying to say. But it's okay. It's okay to take that time for yourself. I also would like to leave you with this. Hashtag justice for Tinashe. Thank you everybody for listening. And if you have anything to share, to add, a question, a comment, or a concern, I'm pretty sure y'all know where to find me. I love you. Be beautiful. That's the end? Yes, Janet. That's the end.